Oh my God, the conversation. We are back together again. And I am so happy that you are here. Every week, I am blessed to be able to have a conversation with a with a champion in the various realms of social, political, economic, and environmental justice and sisters and brothers, family and friends. Do I have a champion for you today? Now, I just gotta get this off my chest. I do have a cold. Okay, I've been battling this thing for about the last two weeks. So if I sound a little nasally, that is why. I assure you, it is only a cold. A sister been tested and retested and over-tested and tested. I'm tested and I'm boosted too, but um, I do have a cold. Now, with that out of the way, I have a son of Baton Rouge, Louisiana in the house on the conversation tonight. None other than activist extraordinaire. He also ran for Congress in that great state. The one and only Gary Chambers. Gary, how you doing tonight? I'm good, my sister. It's good to be with you. How are you? It's good to be with you too. I'm I'm mighty fine. Uh, other than the cold that I'm battling, I'm all right. <laughs> how how was your it, holiday? It was good. It was good. Low key, uh, you know, Omicron everywhere, so I just just kind of stayed at the house and. And chilled, uh, and Zoe got the things she asked for for Christmas. So you know, I'm good. I can't. I cannot complain. All is well. That's good. Zoe happy. All is well. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Your most important title, Dad. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. My most important title is Mom, and and as you know, and many people know that title of uh, Yaya. Okay. No I'm quite ready to go. Go. <laughs> yeah. Very. Very important. So. Oh my God, I, you know, where, where to start? You definitely have been blazing a trail well before you became a social media sensation. You were out there doing the work. And sometimes people, just because they come into an awareness, they're thinking, oh, this person just got started. No, you've been out there for a while, letting that little light of yours shine uh, brightly for people who uh, need voice. You, you've been giving voice uh, to a whole lot of folks. I first, kind of met you on social media. And that is when you were giving them hell at a school board meeting. And I don't want to steal your thunder because I just cannot possibly do that. But I think a lot of people came into the knowledge of who Mr. Gary Chambers was from uh, you raising a whole lot of good hell at the school board meeting. We're going to play a little, a little bit of that clip. Next. So I had intended to get up here and talk about how racist Robert E. Lee was, but I'm going to talk about you, Connie sitting over there shopping while we talking about Robert E. Lee. This is a picture of you shopping while we talking about racism and history in this country. Only white members of this board got up while we were up here talking too, because you don't give a damn, and it's clear. But I'm going to tell you what the slaves, my ancestors said about Robert E. Lee, since you don't know history, sister. Let me tell you that they said when he got the plantation, after he got off the field where 27,000 people died at Gettysburg, Connie, Robert E. Lee, was a brutal slave master. Not only did when he whooped the slaves, he said, lay it on them hard. After he said, lay it on them hard, he said, put brine on them, sort of burn them. That's what Robert E. Lee did. And you set your arrogant self in here and sit on there shopping while the pain and the hurt of the people of this community is on display because you don't give a damn and you should resign. Wow. I mean, you really set that place on fire. And just in case people don't know, Robert E. Lee was a Confederate general of the Confederate States 
of America, those 11 states that decided they were going to cede the union uh, over slavery and not even about the good parts of slavery either. It was about their right to continue to enslave uh, our ancestors. And I mean, you laid it down. It wasn't just for Connie, even though Connie got called out special. It was really for that entire board. What motivated you to bring such fire and just like, un? it was a righteous indignation as far as I'm concerned. And so many other people who were introduced to you in that moment uh, felt the same way. What made you do that? You know, uh, we had been trying to change the name of that school for several years. Um, and Connie had been part of those conversations. And the truth of the matter is, I was just pissed off that night that, you know, we're sitting here, we're discussing this important issue to us as a community. Uh, and the audacity that you would sit there and shop while literally your colleague is expressing uh, her perspective and her viewpoint on this. And Connie had gone on the news and kind of tried to defend Lee the day before. and. We have, our feathers were ruffled about that. And, you know, before this video, Connie and I actually had a good relationship. Uh, you know, before she was all over the internet and everybody knew her name. Um, but it's, it's really because if you don't check those things when they happen, people believe that that is acceptable behavior. Uh, and, you know, my mama kind of raised me under the, the, the notion that if you act up in private, I'm gonna deal with you in private. If you act up in public, I'm gonna deal with you in public. Uh, and what she had done was a public act to disrespect us. Um, and I also knew that she lies. Uh, and that if I didn't confront her directly then, uh, that she would try to wiggle and lie her way out of it, which she did lie later. Uh, and then computer records showed that she was shopping for you know an extended period of time during the meeting. Um, and for those who have, consistently asked me, did she did she resign? No, but we do have an opportunity to defeat her at the ballot box uh, in November of 2022. Uh, and I firmly believe she will be defeated. Yeah, I mean, and, and just the way you were a regular person that was concerned about the hurt in the community, having a discussion about the name of this school, and you just kept it so plain. And I think a lot of times, especially people who are uh, Democrats or people who feel as though they got to polish that thing up, sometimes you lose the common touch. You channel, like I, I'm sure you channeled the pain and the feelings of most people uh, who were both in that audience and, and who also had an opportunity to hear you just laid, you laid it down straight, no chaser, you know? And, and I got that same grandma too, and mama. Uh, my mama, you know, my grandma came from the South. My 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 mom, my mama was born in the North, but my grandmother hailed from the South. So the Southern tendencies are, are very much embedded. And my mama and my grandma uh, subscribe to that same rule. If you act up, where you act up is where I'm going to show up on you. You know, I remember my mama walking through the Woolworths. Wasn't me, because I was a damn near perfect child. But it was my siblings. <laughs> Brother Chambers, it was them. And my mama would go over to the belt section. Tell the lady, hold on, I just want to borrow, I just want to borrow this. I just so need to use this for a second. I just need to use this for a second. I ain't going to buy it. I just need to borrow it. But you know, that was old school. So, right, you show out on, on me in public, I am going to show you better than I can tell you. But what you did to, to lift that community and, and bring voice to people who may not have been able to stand up there and articulate and you laid down the history as you were peeling back the layers and really revealing to that school board that 
what you are doing in the behavior of your colleague is not acceptable when people are talking to. Uh, last time I checked, school board members were public servants. I mean, last time I checked. And uh, not to give the public your undivided attention when you are at work uh, is, is totally disrespectful. So what motivates you? That wasn't your only motivation. What what drives Gary Chambers on a regular basis? I think a desire to just see a, a, a more prosperous community for all people. You know, I grew up in North Baton Rouge and I remember uh, when we moved into the community that I live in, there were grocery stores within two miles of my home. There was an emergency room within uh, three miles of my home. Uh, and as I got older, I saw grocery stores close. I saw uh, movie theaters and shopping centers close and uh, hospital ERs close. And I started asking questions as I got into my late 20s. Why is it this way in this side of town and not this way on the other side of town? Um, and as a taxpayer, I kind of just started uh, showing up. Uh, speaking about different things in my community. I didn't even know it was really advocacy or activism at the time. I just had a platform uh, that people would listen to me. And so the more information I learned, the more information I shared. And then I kept going. Um, it wasn't it wasn't that I, I sat one day and said, oh, I want to be an activist. It was kind of as if uh, duty had called me to the fight. And um, I just hadn't stopped showing up ever since. And And I think that that's kind of true for many people who end up in uh, these positions. The the work kind of calls you to it. You don't necessarily call yourself to it. So you would say it's fair to say that activism grabbed you. You didn't grab it. I found out I was an activist in the newspaper, actually. <laughs> you know, so so that would that would that would certainly be accurate. Uh, yeah, I was reading the paper one day and it said activist Gary Chamber. I said, oh, that's what this is, huh? <laughs> That's what I am. Yeah. <laughs> Standing up for the people. And something that you know caught my my eye about um your the model for your organization, do good and seek justice. Not just for your organization. I think you live your life that way. Um, when you were running for Congress, I mean again, you shook you shook that entire community. You brought a certain type of light there. And another thing that really attracted me to your spirit is during that primary this year, earlier this year, you didn't wait for the next progressive in the race to come in and uh, get you. You went to her and said, I wanted to be the one going head to head uh, in the general, but it's you. And so I'm not going to wait for you to come get me. I'm coming to you and I'm going to do everything that I can to help you win. A lot of people who compete in that way would never have done. It's rare, I will say, for people to do, for candidates to do uh, what you did. What what made you do that? Well, I, I think you know you have to do some some inventory on yourself and ask yourself, are you really who you say you are, right? And that if I believe in the ideals that we are fighting for for uh, Medicare for all and a Green New Deal and uh, uh, a livable wage for all American people and the things that you know I have uh, picked up this flag that you and others have uh, been carrying the torch on that when we don't win, we can't just pick up our toys and go home. Um, that yes, do I feel that I was uh, the most progressive candidate in the race? Absolutely. Uh, but after voters have gone into a ballot box and made their decision, 
if the things that we want are still on the line and there's somebody that can help push the line to help us get there, that is the work. And the work is bigger than our ego, than our personality, than our uh, feelings, right? Uh, it did not feel good to lose. Uh, and it certainly did not feel good uh, to put aside my emotions so quickly and go into campaigning for someone else. Um, but I really believe in these things that I'm fighting for. Um, and if I believe in these things to that degree, then it is incumbent upon me to lead by example. And the other thing is leadership requires um, that we set an example, right? That that if there are people watching us, that that if there's another generation coming behind us, behind us or a generation that is currently coming of itself, right? What are we saying to them when we don't navigate those waters in a way that does what is best for all people? Um, what is politically expedient for me probably was to just go home and endorse nobody. Um, because sure. I had done enough to make people respect what work we put in, right? Um, and others and others on my team, and some folks said, you know, Gary, we think you should stay out of this, but I just couldn't, you know, uh, it just it wouldn't leave me. Um, and so I believe we did do what was best in that situation, which is fight for those ideals. Um, the person I supported still didn't win; uh, the establishment won. But I think that we have pushed the current congressman further to the left than he ever would have been had we not campaigned the way we did and had we not pushed the issues even until the finish line. And so he has been much more engaged in the community. And I believe that heard many of the things that we said. And so you gotta know when you're, in a, when you're a spiritual person, there's a season and a time for everything. Yeah. And, and I trust the Lord with, with everything. And so it just wasn't my season. And, and my job now is to do everything I can to make sure that while we're in this season, that the people get everything they can out of the the government that they pay into. I totally agree with you. And you have traveled the country since. I mean, you didn't just rest on your laurels and say, oh, I didn't get it, or the candidate I, that I supported didn't get it either. I'm done. You traveled this uh, country, uh, west, east, near and far, and uh, you actually came on into the great state of Ohio into Cleveland, Ohio to help your dear sister. And I really appreciated that. So, I mean, you nothing, you you did not rest. You went from your race to supporting a sister Karen Carter-Peterson to uh, traveling this country bigger than me is, is, uh, is, a, is another organization that you have. And you were showing people by example that it is bigger than you and embracing uh, issues, not just people like me running for office, but other activists and other uh, issues that people were standing up for, but you did find your way. You said, sister, if you need me, I'm coming to Cleveland, Ohio, and you did just that. And I am uh, forever grateful to you, again, leading by example, going into other places to help other progressives try to do the daggone thing. Uh, we were on in the in the line being together this year in 2020. You know, I, I had a good time knocking doors in Akron, you know? And, and yes. And, and, uh, the 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 energy that exists there is real, um, and and when you have an opportunity, you're someone I look up to. I've told you that in private. I can say it publicly uh, that there's no question for me that I'm gonna show up uh, and and support what I consider the queen mother of of this movement right now. Uh, I'm I'm gonna show up in in my uniform ready to serve because that's what this is about. You know that 
that we have to do the work that's necessary. And it's a sacrifice, right? That we have to make yes, collective sacrifice in order to have collective gain. Um, and, and I don't think that, you know, I'm 36. I'm not sure that my generation always fully understands that as much as the generations that have come before us. And so- Why, why don't they? Why, why don't, why, why doesn't your generation maybe sort of kind of don't understand the word I, I think that there's, there's, there's a gap in the teaching um, that, you know, um, the elders used to spend a lot more time uh, coaching, developing, and training people, I think, than what happens today. Um, that a lot of our uh, younger people are kind of feeling it out on their own. When I first got into this, uh, there were not there was not like a legacy organization that was extremely strong that I could go sit before the elders and learn a lot of these things. Um, I kind of got into the fight and then along the way, elders kind of grabbed me and and taught me and gave me the information. And so uh, there's a lot of old people, very few elders. Um, and yeah. I'm looking for, uh, I have had the benefit of, of gleaning from some of them. But I think it's about us making sure that when we learn this information that we freely give it. Um, and some of that has been because certain elders have been burned along the way too. Uh, that they have uh, shared of themselves and, and leaned into others and uh, that not always worked out uh, the way that they had hoped or desired. And so sometimes it makes us go into our silos and uh, we just gotta work through that. you know. Um, and that's not easy, that's not always, um, Fun, you know the 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 sausage making of this is is messy, um, but you know it can be beautiful if we put in the time to work past that hard stuff. Um, and so I'm just trying to set the example so that you know when 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 I hear people talk about young voters in particular and saying you know well they don't show up or they're not engaged, part of the question is we got to teach that. We got to teach that longevity and that consistency. We have to set that example for them. And I believe they will follow. Yeah, I mean, definitely the whole mix of old school and new school, I think, should be uh, utilized in this moment. And what I mean by that, certainly when we look back on the civil rights movement, we saw that teaching that you're that you are talking about, like my generation, Generation X is the first generation to be the beneficiaries of that generation. When you look at the freedom schools, you know, uh, before they went to lunch counters, any, for, for the most part, any activity or action that they were going to take, people were fully trained about what to expect in that moment and the type of endurance and how they had to comport themselves so that the side, the justice side could win. And it was a lot of pressure because to expect people to uh, allow themselves to be called the N-word or have hot coffee thrown on you or to have somebody spit on you or all up in your face and those kinds of things, they didn't just send people into that madness. They trained them. They went through rigorous, uh, a, a rigorous understanding, role playing about what they were going to have to endure before they went into those moments. And we don't have something on par. You're right about that. Mixing it with 21st century, but we don't have anything on par that I can think of right now, not in mass anyway, that gets another generation uh, trained up. 
And it matters. It, it matters. It, it, it determines whether or not people are prepared for what they're walking into, right? Um, and, and the reality is, you know, I showed up at my first protest and nobody had ever told me that the police are going to antagonize you the whole time you're out here. Nobody had ever told me that. I had to figure that out on the streets. Um, nobody had ever told me uh, the, the emotions that our people go through when they show up at that protest and how to navigate the conversations even with the people that are on your side to get them yeah. to understand how we how we do this in concert. And so after going through some of these things, I realized, you know, we really need uh, some examples set before us. And there's two things you can do. You can sit around and talk about what everybody else isn't doing, or you can get off your tail and do something. Yeah, um, I have chosen to try to be on the side of get off your tail and do something. Um, I don't, I am not always successful. Uh, I have not been perfect in my quest to, to uh, become a, a, a better leader. Uh, I've missed the mark along the way, but I've tried to correct my mistakes when I make them, own them when I make them, um, and then be as transparent with people as possible so that others don't make those same mistakes. Um, because if I can make your journey a little shorter and a little easier, then that means that somebody else's path to liberation is easier. Come on, you better talk about that. And that is the beautiful thing about who you are and the leadership standard that you are setting as you are uh, pulling people as you as you climb as well. Now, you what what is it about? I mean, 2022 is right around the corner. We're going to say Happy New Year to some folks. I know, it, but it will be here, you know, this on Saturday, as a matter of fact. What is there anything that you're looking forward to in 2022? Any anything you want to let us know about here on the conversation for 2020? Uh, so I, I think we're gonna need another conversation in a few weeks uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna do some great things in 2022. But to to some of what we just tapped on, I really want to uh, do a few civic engagement workshops around the country. Um, that's something that that hopefully I can tap on you and some others to uh, help chime in because I really think that. People, it is not that people don't want the information. They don't necessarily know where to get it all the time or uh, how do they get active in their community. The number one thing I'm always asked is how did you get into activism? Um, and, and really, I just started showing up. And, and what you find out when you show up, and you know this from serving in the legislature and other places, it's the same people who show up all the time. And when you show up, you meet those people and uh, that kindred spirit, that energy, uh, becomes transferable, but that knowledge becomes transferable also. Um, and so I want to be able to help transfer some of that knowledge in 2022, among other things that we want to do uh, pretty big here in Louisiana. Oh, yeah. Well, you're doing that already. Each one, reach one, each one, teach one. And you are certainly personifying that. People are feeling very stressful, um, Mr. Gary Chambers Jr. Uh, what, what's the word? What's the word about the stress and the heaviness and some people feeling as though better days are not coming? I use a hashtag all the time that says keep pushing. And when people ask me, how are you doing today or whatever, I always say I'm pushing. Uh, whether it's a good day or a bad day, I'm pushing. Uh, and my grandmother, she, she passed away at the beginning of 2021. And she used to always tell me, baby, keep going to sleep and getting up in the morning. It does mm. get um, and my encouragement to anybody is that if you keep going to sleep and getting up in the morning and you keep pushing, it might not feel good today. Some days you might not 
be able to push as hard. You can't lift the load as heavy. But if you keep going to sleep and getting up in the morning and you keep pushing, I promise you it will get better. Well, amen to that. Well, we're going to let Grandma have the last word on that. The word for the day for the show is keep pushing. Mr. Gary Chambers Jr., how do people reach you on social media? At Gary Chambers Jr. on everything. And thank you so much, uh, Senator, for allowing me to close out the year with you. I appreciate all that you are for us as, as a people in the country. Well, back at you. You are, I mean, you, 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 you're just getting started. So we are looking forward to hearing more about your great journey in 2022 and all the, the things that you are going to continue to do, not only to lift your community, but also to lift this great nation. And dare I say the world. Oh my God, family, conversation, family. This is it for this particular week with George truly. TNT or SNT. I don't know what they call it. I don't know. I kind of like the TNT explosion, baby. That is it. It was so great to be with my dear brother, Gary Chambers Jr. from the great state of Louisiana. And so wonderful to be with all of you. We both want to wish you a happy, successful new year and the TYT team as well. This has been the conversation. We want you to keep the faith, but most, most importantly, keep the fight.